0: I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the, the squad, squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. And
1: we're here with the child today. <gasps> the child. It's really Binks the Cat. Binks. Little baby Binks. He's 10 weeks old, though. So we call him the child. That's the little bell you hear in the background. We had to put a bell on him so that we can find him when he's around the house. <laughs> so funny otherwise i couldn't <laughs> he's so small that he gets under everything so it's like a small baby small s-m-o-l <laughs> But so the child is guest starring today yay if you hear bells everywhere so cute
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> i have a joke for you <gasps> what is it it's really funny Well, I think it's funny. It's cheesy, but whatever. (laughs) Okay, so why are male ghosts attracted to girl ghosts? I don't know why. Because of their boobies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's funny.
0: It was cute.
1: (laughs) That is actually very funny. Also,
0: boobs are awesome. Anyway.
1: Get them checked frequently.
0: Yes, that also.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, I have one for you, too. I'm ready. Why did the vampire brush his teeth? (gasps) I don't know. He had bat breath.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I love these. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, boy. Well, so, booze yeah. news? Yes. Booze news. Booze news. Okay, so some great franchise news. So, um, Scream... Is they actually um, finish when this was announced. Um, this will come out way after the fact. But this is our Black Friday episode. Oh, yeah. Woo. It's Black Friday. Black Friday. Happy but why black I gotta Friday. be black?
1: <laughs> Sorry, I had to say that. It's not the last time you're gonna say that today. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thanks, RuPaul, for saying
0: that all the time. Because yep. now it's forever stuck in my head. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> But some exciting news. So the new um installment of Stream finished filming. Yay! Yay! I'm kind of excited, actually. I'm a lot excited. Um, And what's great is that it's earning a resounding seal of approval from the franchise's legacy cast members and franchise writer and creator Kevin Williamson. Aww. Yay! So he actually took to Twitter, and it was also on his Instagram, um, and he took a picture revealing that, you know, um, from the set, that the latest installment is now finished. And everybody is happy and had a great time. Nice. Um, So Williamson uh, tweeted, I'm excited for you to return to Woodsboro and get really scared again. I believe Wes would have been so proud of the film that Matt and Tyler are making. I'm thrilled to be reunited with Nev, Courtney, David, and Marley. And to be working alongside a new filmmaking team, an incredible cast of newcomers that have come together to continue Wes's legacy with the upcoming relaunch of the franchise that I hold so dear to my heart. So Scream is slated for theatrical release on January 14th, 2022.
1: I gotta wait more than a year?
0: Yep, you do. I'm a little bummed. I'm like, we can't have it for Halloween
1: whatever man you can't edit that fast (laughs) whatever man (laughs) well this is like when we had to wait two years for the second it movie yeah i was not amused yeah (laughs) i'm like i gotta wait two years for the second half of the book really (laughs) right yep you do
0: (sighs) what else yeah (laughs) Um, so, um, some other cool news. So, your favorite, Danny Elfman. Oh,
1: my, my creative hero
0: (laughs) so for those of you who don't know who he is but i feel like everybody should should know who he is he is a a legendary composer behind batman beetlejuice darkman nightbreed edward scissorhands sleepy hollow nightmare before christmas the frighteners hellboy 2 men in black spider-man and like so many more
1: basically all but he also he did boingo yes he did all but two tim burton movies one because they weren't speaking and the other was sweeney todd and for our listeners that just heard a crash that was the child i was like
0: what just happened what is the child doing over there i don't know
1: (laughs) 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 having fun i guess he's such a mess (laughs) um and then also the my my most favoritist band of all time oingo boingo yes
0: so you I mean you should know who he is
1: if you don't then we probably can't be friends
0: but he just released a new song happy okay I was gonna say I know you heard it
1: oh (laughs) did you see my Facebook (laughs) post the day it came out yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so if you haven't seen the video or listened to the song check it out because it's pretty amazing and because we love we love him
1: also, if you don't follow Danny Elfman on Instagram, you should, because it's all um, stuff that he's collected, like creepy stuff that he's collected over the years. It's pretty amazing. Uh, yes. He posts some of his music, but also he posts a lot of time with his chickens. <laughs> which, which is, also, is all freaking cute.
0: I mean, I'm just saying, if you don't have them in your life, what are you doing?
1: You're not lifing properly <laughs> at all. So, yes. And other exciting... This... I. I screamed. I was so Me excited. too. So, Stranger Things 4 is filming and eight new cast members have been announced, including yes. none other than the legendary Freddy Krueger himself. I almost said Freddie Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Now Don't I want to put thyself. that.
0: I want to like insert Freddie Mercury into a Stranger Freddy Things.
1: Freddie Krueger Mercury. <laughs> oh my god all we need is radio gaga anyway um so the legendary robert england is going to be in stranger things 4 so
0: excited Mm -hmm. so excited yep
1: also including jamie campbell bauer and eduardo franco just to name a couple of other ones so he is going to play a man named And by he, I mean Robert England is going to play a man named Victor Creel, who was imprisoned in a psychiatric hospital for a terrible murder in the 1950s. Um,
0: that sounds about right. That
1: sounds par for the course. (laughs) That sounds like Uh, the right role for him yes
0: because he's he's creepy Mm -hmm. i've actually met him in person i was afraid to talk to him oh
1: dude he's mega i think i've seen him at um i met him at monster palooza a couple times like nice guy but so fucking
0: creepy yeah like because all i can just think about is him with the freaking oh the 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 hand the the glove the glove oh yeah the glove the glove glove.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then in other news, Stone Village Television has partnered with Black Box Multimedia to adapt a Mary Shelley's Frankenstein as a premium TV series. Ooh, I interesting. Know. So the reimagining will be penned by a Bradley McManus and will be set in Europe. It focuses on the behaviors and obsessions of a scientist exploring the fine thread between life and death, all set against the context of a year in which dependence on scientific breakthroughs has been paramount Mm -hmm. and also if you have been living under a rock for your whole (laughs) life you didn't know that tony stark dies you don't know the story of frankenstein it is the (laughs) classic tale of terror that follows obsessed scientist dr frankenstein as he attempts to create life by assembling a creature from body parts of the deceased and he succeeds in animating the monster but it escapes and begins to wreak havoc it's one of my favorite stories it's a great story we'll have to add that to book club at some point <laughs> oh hi binks it's the child oh.
0: he, he's like trying to attack the mic um anyway
1: <laughs> he's like but can i eat you
0: yes <laughs> So we want to uh, continue sharing some great small businesses slash small shops that you should check out for your wonderful Spookmas shopping. Yes. I like it. I like to keep Christmas spooky. Absolutely. (laughs) So the first one I want to share is Crafty Creeps. I just I love their name, <laughs> but also they have really cute handmade handbags. Aww. Really, really cute. Like my favorite one. Um, and if you check you if you've already checked them out on Instagram, um, but they also have their website, uh, craftycreeps.square.site, dot site. Um, they have this really cute Halloween mouse crossbody, where they have Mickey Mouse and like different like, uh shapes so like they have the dracula there's like a candy corn on there Mm -hmm. there's a frankenstein but also there's a nightmare before christmas one and then they have these cute little um makeup bags like there's a tales from the crypt one um cute little like um mouse backpack i mean they have like really cute stuff and it's all it's all handmade so check them out i love i love their backpacks That's, like, one of my favorite things on there, (laughs) but um, check them out. Like I said, they're on Instagram, and they have their own website. They also have, um, like, little tiny tote bags available and some stickers as well, but yeah, check them out. They have some really, really cute stuff, Um, and then the other one I want to share is Drawing Mama. I kind of, like, just recently discovered her, but There's some really, I mean, I know everybody has really, really cute Nightmare Before Christmas merch. But, like, hers is super duper cute. Um, She has this, she has these, like, little um, glass snowflakes where each of the uh, characters from Nightmare Before Christmas are etched on. And they're really, really cute.
1: (laughs) Adorbs.
0: And they also have a uh, shirt that I think might be sold well actually no it's not sold out yet because the shop hasn't opened yet which i'll get into but (laughs) because i was gonna wait because i know like it's really really popular but they have a shirt that says haunted holiday and it has sandy claws and jack on there oh yeah and it's one of the prints that she actually drew and created um so her shop opens on the 25th so this will (laughs) this will air after that but um definitely when you hear this go check it out especially if you want that shirt
1: oh my god is is that the child screaming at the door yes i think so i just had to kick him out because oh that crash that we heard was him getting out of his collar underneath the thing oh my god (laughs) cute Oh, the child. Yeah. (laughs) If he wants back in, he can come back in, but he's weird. Um, Anyway, so the two that I picked today, first of which is M and Sprout, which is an Etsy shop. So it's E-M and then the ampersand and the word Sprout, S-P-R-O-U-T. So they've got PJs that are super freaking cute, mugs, pins, totes, tops, ornaments, and my favorite... And so appropriate for 2020. Tons and tons of Plague Doctor type yeah. merch. There's lots of it. Super that cute. should be like the whole year. Oh, right. But there's actually I've ordered a couple of things from Emin Sprout for one of our friends for Christmas. <laughs> Super cute. Um, and then the other one that I picked is and a little bit more well-known within the horror community, horror community, is Chicken Lips Folk Art. So you'll recognize his sculptures immediately. They're very Tim Burton-esque, kind of campy, kitschy, folky kind of sculptures. He's got, you know, skeletons and zombies and pumpkins and candles, and I mean, you name it. He's got all these different little hand-carved, goodies but those are only released on a specific cadence and they sell out super fast because they're all handmade um but you can also find him at i know he always does midsummer scream i don't remember seeing him at monster palooza but i know i've seen him at midsummer scream each year um but right now he also has little cute hand-carved penguins that he made for the holiday that are absolutely adorable and he's also got some fun holiday mugs so i bought one that has a real pissed off reindeer on it (laughs) and it says bah humbug (laughs) it's really really cute um so definitely be sure to check them out so chicken lips folk are also an etsy shop patronize small businesses during this crazy time shop small Mm -hmm. do it
0: yes amazon target walmart they all don't need that much money
1: did you know, I just read an article, that Walmart has the uh, largest percentage of employees on government assistance, be it food stamps or some other sort of government what? aid. Mm-hmm. That's but, crazy. But the Walton family is the richest family in the world. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They're, if you look at the list <laughs> of individuals, like the wealthiest individuals in the world, uh, the Waltons are consistently up there. Wow. But their employees have are have the highest percentage of, or their stores have the highest percentage of employees. <laughs> that's in
0: crazy. Aid. Because let me tell you, I would hate to work at Walmart.
1: I'm sure they probably don't like it either.
0: Because but, but it's people are mean. The store is a hot mess. I I would not want to be a manager. They probably couldn't pay me enough.
1: No, but that's also why I try my darndest to. And, th- and even target i don't really shop at target i i don't it would need to be a really specific reason for me to go in there i'm mm-hmm. trying really hard not to buy things from big box retailers yeah um but especially walmart because of that sheer fact that wow the waltons are- i didn't i didn't
0: know that mm-hmm. that's crazy well that will change my shopping list <laughs> um <laughs> But anyway, so like we said before, this is our Why It Gotta Be Black Friday episode. (laughs) (laughs) So we thought that we would talk about
1: black christmas the original versus the remake and specifically the 2019 remake yes we skipped the 2006 remake sorry for obvious reasons (laughs) although the 2019 remake was not not much better
0: yeah but also i didn't i didn't see
1: the 2006 either girl don't waste your time (laughs) yeah
0: I'm, i'm gonna listen to you this time not like where i watched the turning when you told me not to
1: don't do it girl it's not worth I was just it, thinking about it.
0: <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna do that this nope. time nope nope <laughs> especially after watching this the original of this one and then watching the new one i was just like the
1: original is so good yes it's so
0: good but i mean <laughs> yeah I, I just it hasn't it's been a while since i've watched uh in a slasher flick like that it's, it's so been good. a minute but it, it was it was great
1: <laughs> i remember seeing this movie for the first time I I remember being a teenager and I watched it around the holidays and it was unsettling yeah like the phone calls that phone
0: the Ooh. phone call at the beginning
1: because it,
0: it 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 had been a minute since I've seen it so when I watched it again it was almost kind of like brand new <laughs> because I was like oh my god I don't remember that oh my gosh it was rough. <laughs> just like the words used and I'm like okay and this was seventy four I know I'm like geez I thought it was still kind of well I can't really say it was taboo for the language because there was had already been movies that were probably filled with bad language <laughs> like that but i feel like the the c word that they used cunt well i was gonna say
1: it but okay sorry <laughs> see you next tuesday
0: yeah that. <laughs> that um wait was it charisma, uh, charisma uniqueness, uniqueness nerve and talent, <laughs> and talent. <laughs> that's what i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs>
1: but i i Kind of feel like that word might have been a little taboo. I worked in the music industry for like the last 15 years. So I just, I'm sorry. my I have a sailor. mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll have to do some research for that. But when that word came up, I was like, oh. Like, hey now. Okay. Like, is this allowed?
1: Well, and you know, what was interesting <laughs> is if you look at like the film Blazing Saddles, mm-hmm. um which uses a the only word that I will never say ever, I have a sailor mouth and I will not say this word, that's a derogatory term for people of color, was all over that film, but you know what they never said in that movie? They never said fuck.
0: That's true. Didn't hear that. Mm -mm. (laughs) No, Not one bit.
1: Nope. So it was interesting that this word, to (laughs) your point, was used in the 74 film.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah. Lots of interesting language. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, I'll get into the 1974 version. So, for those who haven't seen it, um, Black Christmas, it was actually originally t- titled Silent Night, Evil Night. Oh, I didn't know that. In the United States.
1: I did not know that. Yeah.
0: Which I know we're going to talk about that movie later, right? It's called Silent Night, Evil Night. Or- Silent, or Silent Night, Night, Deadly Night. Deadly Night, that's what it was. <laughs> so, I was like, wait a minute, we're going to talk about this movie. <laughs> um, but anyway, so it was actually originally titled... Uh, Silent Night, Evil Night. So, it came out in 1974. It's a Canadian slasher film. And it was produced and directed by Bob Clark. And written by uh, A. Roy Moore. That was like, real big tongue twister for me (laughs) when i was first reading this um so the story follows a group of sorority girls who receive threatening phone calls and are eventually stalked and murdered by a deranged killer during the christmas season again i get why it's called black christmas but why i gotta be black (laughs) it could have been just like christmas killer or stranger who calls on christmas <laughs> i don't know a stranger who calls on christmas i don't know that's gonna be the title of my movie <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> so this story was actually inspired by an urban legend the babysitter and the man upstairs and a series of murders that actually took place in the westmount neighborhood of montreal
1: oh Ke- that i didn't Quebec. know either
0: yeah <laughs> Um, Moore wrote the screenplay under the title "Stop Me." Um, the filmmakers made numerous alterations to the script, primarily the shifting uh, to a university setting with young adult characters. Um, it was shot in Toronto in 1974 on an estimated budget of six hundred twenty thousand dollars. Not much. Yeah, not a lot. And it was distributed by Warner Brothers in North America yay Warner Brothers (laughs) uh so so for the cast so we have Olivia Hussey as Jess she was so young was this before or after Romeo and Juliet this was actually after okay yeah like almost like right after I think
1: she was so young
0: yeah (laughs) really really young
1: (laughs) no tiny baby
0: And then we have Margot Kidder as Barb. The late,
1: great Margot Kidder. I know. I was so sad she passed recently. Me too.
0: Uh, Care uh, D'Elia as Peter. Uh, John Saxon as Lieutenant Fuller. Michael Rappaport as Patrick. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Marion Waldman as Mrs. Mac. Leslie, or Les Carlson, as Bill. Andrea Martin as Phil. And then we have uh, Martha Gibson, which I love. (laughs) um as uh I, I had to like get this right the first time because i'm glad they said it so many times in the movie i was like what's her name <laughs> 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 because like i first when i was like mrs Qu- quife? Qu- quife
1: you're like you know what that sounds like
0: yeah that, that's exactly but yeah it, it's it's coffee
1: coffee (laughs) it's like what you drink in the morning right (laughs) like
0: a new yorker Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but uh okay so and then we have james Edmond as mr harrison john rudder not ritter (laughs) the other john yeah the other john um as the laughing detective and then we have doug mcgrath as sergeant nash uh david clement As uh, as Coogan, and then Art Hindle as Chris, uh, Julian Reed as Officer Jennings, Lynn Griffin as Claire, and then we have the famous voice of Billy uh, Nick Mancuso. Nice. So there. So just getting a little bit into the plot for those who haven't seen it. So uh, we kind of notice we're in the scene of a sorority house, and we can kind of see it in the view of this mysterious person. (laughs) <laughs> and um so the unseen man climbs the exterior of a sorority house where a christmas party is being held and enters the attic the house phone rings and just answers to discover it is an obscene phone call from a person who has called before and this is where we're talking about the language
1: mm-hmm. but he's like he's jerking off while yeah. he is, and uh, apologies for my you know crude language but he's just, like jerking <laughs> off while he's talking to these girls yeah
0: i was like what and they're just sitting there listening i would have just hung up the by then the whole
1: freaking sorority house is yeah, just they're all like listening
0: like eating popcorn and right? shit like <laughs> i'm like hang up the phone right like don't listen to this dude no. call
1: the cops
0: you know like they probably well anyway <laughs> whatever yeah i mean it was the 70s anyway <laughs> i guess that's just what they did we're just gonna sit here and listen to this weirdo talk to us on the phone um so um anyway so jess calls the other sorority girls and they listen as the caller rants in these little strange voices he's jacking off he's talking about their dirty cunt and <laughs> like all the stuff oh anyways so gross so barb insults the caller who in turn promises to kill her of course um, he was like hey i was just talking about your cunt. you didn't like that right now i'm gonna kill you right <laughs> so a younger student uh, claire harrison suggests that the caller could be dangerous before returning to her bedroom i, I l-
1: <laughs> poor claire oh, i know
0: <laughs> So the intruder suffocates Claire with a plastic dress bag and moves her body into the attic.
1: And just leaves her there. Yeah. By Claire. Just- <laughs>
0: but I like how she was the one that suggested that he could be dangerous and she's the first one to die. I know I was like noted, I'll just I just won't say shit and then maybe I'll live. All right, just
1: keep her mouth
0: <laughs> shut. And then so the following morning uh, morning Mr. Harrison arrives to pick up his daughter, but she fails to show. Jess explains to her boyfriend Peter, she is pregnant and planning to get an abortion and this is really angering Peter. And, you know, they agree to kind of, like, discuss it later, which also I thought was really weird. Yes. <laughs> That's just not something you talk about later. No. You talk about it now. Right. <laughs> we finished the conversation. Like, we need a plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then in town, Mr. Harrison attempts to report Claire as a missing person. Um, at the police station, they learn, you know, that um, another uh, local young girl has also vanished while walking home from school. Oh, so all these girls are missing. We're going to freak out. Mm-hmm. So, and then, so after putting a drunken barb to bed, Mr. Uh, Harrison, Chris, Jess, and Phil help search for the other uh, missing girl. Meanwhile, the house mother, Mrs. McHenry, discovers Claire's body, and the killer throws a crane hook into her face, hanging and killing her. Ugh. Bye, house mother. Goodbye. <laughs> There's a lot of deaths in this thing movie and then uh in the park the missing uh girl's disfigured body is found by the police uh, Jance, uh jess answers another obscene phone call and now decides to, to finally file a report with the police um only for peter to surprise her um he attempts to persuade her into marriage um but she refuses and reaffirms her decision uh to have an abortion oh boy (laughs) poor peter um (laughs) but peter leaves super angry while um, lieutenant (laughs) fuller arrives with a telephone lineman to bug the phone so after the police leave the killer murders barb with a glass figurine (laughs) just
1: dude it it was
0: that was brutal yeah i'm just like i wonder how sarah is like because you i know you're not big on like gore
1: no that much. And this one
0: so I was really surprised.
1: Well, okay, so that you
0: were like, oh, I like this movie. And no, I'm well, like, I
1: love the movie, but and that kind of stuff didn't bother me as much. But mm-hmm. you know what kills me is like the the remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. That's too much. Like wh- when the guy, the boyfriend was on the table or i think it was called texas chainsaw the beginning and that was when the switch flipped for me and i think i was like i was 19 or 20 years old okay and the boyfriend's getting sawn in half on the table and i'm like okay you know what this is too much terrifier when that girl's hanging upside down and Mm -hmm. she gets sawed in half yep can't do it um the the robs any of the rob zombie movies yeah i I
0: don't really care for a lot of his movies no the
1: house of a thousand corpses yeah the the devil's rejects nope can't but like i'm okay
0: with a gore like the gory aspect of it. But like, can we have a point?
1: Yeah, there's just no it? there's just no point. That
0: that's my problem with yeah. It. <laughs> like, is there a point to why you're doing it this way? Because the story is all over the place. It's so bad. That's why I don't care for his movie. No. <laughs> uh but anyway, back to the sorority house.
1: <laughs> Poor Barb. She just got I know. she just got stabbed. I liked no. Barb. She was my favorite character. Yeah.
0: I was that was really sad. But it was just like I feel like she got at the worst. I know. <laughs> but, um, so, uh, Jess experiences another unnerving phone call in which the caller, uh, restates her argument with Peter. Ooh, he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> then uh Lieutenant Fuller calls her to say the attempt to uh trace the call failed, of course. <laughs> but theorizes that Peter could be responsible since his name was mentioned. But Jess, of course, she's like, oh no, he would never do that. Um <laughs> and then Phil is murdered next by Phil. Then Jess gets another phone call. I don't know why she just stopped. Not just stops answering the phone. Stop answering the damn phone.
1: (laughs) There's so many phone calls. Feel like you come trace the call. (laughs) I'm not keeping this guy on the phone. Like how about you stay here? Right. When I pick up the phone, y'all can keep him on the phone because I don't want (laughs)
0: to. Like hire a female cop and have her play a sorority girl. Right. (laughs) Like get me the f out (laughs) of here. Anyway, so Jess gets another phone call in which the killer alludes to some sort of transgression between um, two children named Agnes and Billy. The call is long enough to be traced and Sergeant Nass instructs Jess to leave the house immediately as the calls are coming from within the house.
1: Coming from the attic.
0: (laughs) Concerned for Barb and Phil, she ventures upstairs. Wrong way. Nope. That's not leaving the house. Nope, sure ain't. (laughs) Why can't we just get in the po- the running car? <laughs> Truth. <laughs> yeah, like every 70s movie. <laughs> and then, um, so she goes upstairs and she discovers uh, Barb's and-, and Phil's bodies. Uh, the killer appears and pursues her. Uh, Jess locks herself in the cellar. Also, not outside. Nope. Um, (laughs) Only uh, for Peter to magically appear outside one of the windows. Uh, He smashes the window and enters the basement. How about pull her out of the basement? Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) but anyway so the police arrive and hear Jess screaming they discover her barely conscious in the the basement with Peter's uh bloody body bloody Peter's bloody body next to her and they put her to bed in her room unaware that the the bodies of Claire and Mrs. McHenry are in the attic jess is left in the house to rest with a cop standing outside and the noises start coming from the attic the house's telephone begins to ring and her fate is left to the unknown
1: mm-hmm. so we don't know
0: what happens but again if someone tells you to leave the house leave the house
1: uh-huh. dude well and, and he even said like don't ask any questions put the phone down and go like and walk out the front door seriously like but why Like, Like, just just, bitch i said no questions it's like just leave
0: (laughs) like she's doing all this stuff that's like unnecessary
1: like my goodness gracious i know
0: so uh some interesting little fun facts so um uh olivia hussey who had previously garnered international fame for her role as juliet okay answered my question yep there it is done (laughs) she signed on to appear in the film after being told by a psychic that she would make a film in canada that would earn a great deal of money I wish psychic would tell me something true.
1: Right, my psych my psychic just tells <laughs> me that you're gonna see something someday at some point. Yeah, and it's that I got big.
0: nothing on mine. Nope.
1: <laughs> nope. Oh
0: God! I don't know how many times I had to watch that version of Romeo and Juliet, and then oh, I had to write a report about it. I'm so like, so many. We, can we? Can we not?
1: <laughs> it was nine million times better than the Leo DiCaprio version, though. Yeah well i mean i kind of i like boz lerman i know i'm weird i like boz lerman i don't I like it i don't, don't like that what one. they
0: did i mean i th- i think i would have liked it better if they didn't do it in the actual shakespearean language
1: but also why was mercutio just shooting his gun into the water
0: <laughs> i don't know oh but my God. favorite part he was like a scratch <laughs> <laughs> and he's and then he dies I'm just like <laughs> oh man but he was clearly uh like stabbed hardcore like bro you're gonna die
1: I <laughs> oh, if you read the book but you're gonna die yeah
0: <laughs> but anyway <laughs> so the the role of Mrs. Mack was actually offered to Betty Davis but she declined really I think I would have liked her in it
1: I mean after uh whatever happened to baby Jane yeah right <laughs>
0: so um but also uh margot kidder was cast in the role of barb and she said that she had been attracted to the character because she was wild and out of control and not a conventional leading part um and then uh gilda radner was offered the role of oh. phyllis carlson i know <laughs> she's so funny she rest um in peace. but uh she accepted the part but she dropped out one month before filming um and began um doing the you know kind of owing to uh saturday night live uh, mm-hmm. commitments and then she was replaced by andrea martin and then the role of lieutenant Fuller was originally given to edmund o'brien um but uh, upon his arrival to the set the producers realized that he would be unable to fulfill the duties required uh to the part due to his uh Failing health um, stemming from Alzheimer's disease. So, uh, John Saxon, who had read the script prior, was called by the producers and they, you know, offered him the role. So, but it was crazy because he accepted and he had to arrive to Toronto from New York within two days to begin shooting. That is really short to learn a
1: whole whole lot of lines. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That, well well that was like when um when dolly parton did like and for those that don't know dolly parton is my hero i love her dearly um when she did nine to five she didn't she knew that she had to learn her lines but she also learned everybody else's she learned the whole she's so amazing script so amazing mm-hmm.
0: i mean okay so you you seen the little horror house in texas right uh, of course okay all right yes i like i wish we could talk about this on the podcast but it's not spooky but i just love that movie yes <laughs> i'm like can we just make an exception (laughs) (laughs) um so television premiere controversy so uh the film under the title uh, under the title stranger in the house was set to make its network television premiere on saturday night january 28th 1978 on nbc's weekly saturday night at the movies uh, so, two weeks prior to its premiere, the Chi Omega sorority house on the campus of Florida State University in Tallahassee was the scene of a double murder in which two Chi Omega sisters asleep in their beds were bludgeoned to death. Uh, the killer then went to a nearby room in the sorority house and violently attacked two more sleeping co-eds who actually survived. The killer was later identified as Ted Bundy. Hey now. Yeah. <laughs> So, a few days before the movie was set to premiere on network television, Florida's then-governor, Ruben Askew, contacted NBC President Robert Mulholland to request the movie not to be shown due to its all-too-similar theme as the murders of sorority sisters by an unknown madman at the Chi Omega uh, Sorority House. uh So on Tuesday, January 24th, NBC uh, TV gave several of its affiliates in Florida, Georgia, and Alabama the option of showing an uh, alternative movie, Doc Savage, um in place of Stranger in the House.
1: Fun fact Ted Bundy was executed on the day that I turned one. Oh, I just. I, January I like, 24th, <laughs> 1989. <laughs> wow wow but I, I feel like I know I've known that since like high school but oh, okay but yeah he was executed on my very first birthday <laughs> happy birthday happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday oh boy that was really it. like poor taste on my part to say I'm sorry <laughs> um so
0: as I mentioned before um when the movie got its US release. They were actually, um, they, they actually changed the, initially changed the title to Silent Night, um, Evil Night, worried that the original title would mislead audiences into believing the film was a black, <laughs> black- exploitation movie. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I could see that. <laughs> but
1: also, <laughs> come on. <laughs> well, when I first told, so I love my husband. <laughs> But when he was asking what we were recording today, I said, oh, you know, we're recording the Stranger Things episode, and then we're also going to talk about Black Christmas. And he's all, is that like a Christmas movie with black people in it? And I was like. <sighs> yep. God, it's a good thing you're cute. Yep.
0: So great! Uh-huh. I would expect nothing better. He, than and, that. and the look
1: he gave me was like ridiculously puzzled. He's <laughs> like, "Why are you guys talking about I was that?" Like,
0: what? <laughs> anyway, but they retracted the title after their initial release and then restoring it uh, to Black Christmas for other screenings. Um, so the film was the third highest-grossing Canadian film of all time in Canada with a gross of two million dollars. Mm. Yeah, so they made some money. But overall Black Christmas grossed over four million uh fifty three thousand dollars internationally, uh, managing to earn more than its budget, which was six hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Not hard to do. Yeah. So really funny, when it first premiered, uh Gene Siskel gave it
1: one point five out of four. Oh, F you Sisko <laughs> just had to point that out
0: (laughs) um but he called it uh he called it a routine shocker that is notable only for indicating the kind of junk roles that talented actresses are forced to play in
1: movies whatever i was like that's harsh well okay when we get but i mean i get it when we get to the remake like there's very similar feedback of the first one from the director of the remake oh okay okay (laughs)
0: <laughs> but i mean i was like come on dude this is like a slasher flick it's not supposed to be like it's not a cinematic worthy mas- like, exactly. like stuff exactly you're
1: not watching citizen
0: kane right so <laughs> but on uh rotten tomatoes it uh is given a 71 percent based on 34 reviews so uh 6.26 out of 10 nice so that's not bad but black christmas is ranked on like m- it's like saying that like, it's one of the greatest horror films ever
1: made. I, I agree. I so. <laughs> love this movie so much.
0: It's it's number 87 on Bravo's uh, 100 Scariest Movie Moments. Mm-hmm. It's number 67 on IndieWire's the 100 uh, Best Horror Movies of All Time. Um, also, it's on uh, the Thrillist uh, list for 75 Best Horror Movies of All Time. I mean, so but you
1: know what Come i don't <laughs> but, but you know what i love about this movie so much is i like one the phone calls are so unsettling yeah like and if you've ever listened to tapes there's actually an, another movie that at some point i would like for us to talk about this called session nine yep um that is also good ridiculously underrated it's a little indie horror film um and it is so underrated but if you've ever watched that or if you've ever listened to actual tapes of a patient that has multiple personality disorder it is terrifying yeah like the way that people can change their voices it Mm -hmm. is terrifying Well, it
0: reminds me too of um oh I can't think of that movie the um M. Night Shyamalan because I haven't liked his movies in a really long time same but the one where the guy had the multiple personalities uh oh god it's like just recent <laughs> there's glass that was the newer one and then there was the one oh after split it, split it was split I mean I'm kind of sad that the the actor i can't think of his James name James thank you really cute he's adorable um i'm surprised he did not like get like some kind of recognition for the work that he did in the movie because he creeped me out
1: <laughs> he actually um received a lot of criticism for it really yeah um not because he did a bad job but it was um something about it people thought that his portrayal was insensitive to people who had multiple personality disorder uh,
0: i don't know i, I didn't like I mean, not to me. It kind of reminded me of Sybil a little bit.
1: Yeah. So that's why I liked it. Yeah. But, but it was, it, the the phone calls alone mm-hmm. are so ridiculously unsettling in this film. It's a, it's a good one. It's it's awesome. And then, you know, the other thing that I actually really love is the, pers- the camera perspectives. Yeah. So there are times when it cuts to the serial killer's perspective upstairs where he's like running amok and also how did these bitches not hear this guy rolling around in the fucking attic <laughs> I like, know he was not quiet so, i know that so.
0: was my next thing too because i'm like like Fucking bitch, get out the house! Like, why are you still in there? Well, and
1: they had even said at one point in the movie, like, well, and you know, there's noises coming from the attic. Like, you think?
0: (laughs) Like, you know me. When we're in like a haunted house, I will run (laughs) if I hear something.
1: There's homeboy is up there making pervy phone calls to you and rolling around knocking shit over, and you want to tell me you can't hear this? Like, if there is one fucking creak coming from my attic upstairs, I am awake. I am up i am listening seriously it's so but i love the camera perspectives i love that you never really see the killer you never know who the killer is um it was it was brilliantly it's just so
0: good um also my last note about it so, legend has it that this was Elvis Presley's favorite horror movie, and his tradition was to watch it every Christmas.
1: I could not love The King more right now.
0: Yeah, so, further uh, rumors say that his family kept the tradition alive and watched it in his memory. So, if this is really true, Elvis would have celebrated this tradition a maximum of only three times before his untimely death in August.
1: Oh. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. Can I tell you another fun fact about the film that I had saved? Um, Because I had it in mind, but it actually is more applicable to yours. (laughs) So John Carpenter was a huge fan of the 1974 Black Christmas. And he asked the original films director, Bob Clark, if he had planned to make a sequel. And Clark responded by saying that if he were to make a sequel, he would set it a year after the events of Black Christmas have the killer escape from the mental institution, having quote-unquote been arrested between films, and that he would call the film Halloween. (laughs) So Carpenter asked if he could write the sequel, and Clark gave him his permission. However, that script turned into a separate project that eventually became John Carpenter's 1978 film Halloween.
0: That's amazing. Right? That's amazing.
1: Yeah. And coincidentally... Both films would eventually have sequels that were directed by Blumhouse, with the Halloween film that they did in 2018 mm-hmm. and Black Christmas in 2019.
0: Oh, that's so cool! Isn't that neat? That's really cool. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Now. I
1: thought I, I read I mean, that I'm you like, would have oh, told me anyway,
0: Brie.
1: but <laughs> yes, yeah. tell Bree.
0: That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but. That's what I have for 1974
1: Black Christmas. Ah, oh, wonderful film. I've, everybody needs to watch this. Yes, It's so please. stinking
0: good. Please watch it because I'm going to tell you this. Uh, so I rewatched the older version first and then watched this, uh, the newer version uh, in 20, the 2019 version. <laughs> I gotta say, I liked the 1974 version
1: better. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> and, and you know how some of the, some of the old horror movies are not, let's say, let's just let's call it what it is some of the classic horror films just aren't scary yeah um this one will make your skin crawl because the the if nothing else the phone calls are so unsettling but Um, i I was
0: also talking to a friend and she's gotten strange phone calls like this before mm -hmm. and she's she told me this is one movie that is just it's too close to home for her. So she can't really watch it.
1: Oh yeah. It's bad. So,
0: I mean, if you've had like that kind of experience, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to be scary. Oh yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, Well, a little bit of info on the 2019 remake. Again, we elected to skip the 2006 remake because it's even worse than the 2019 remake. (laughs) Um, So I, I do have to give this film a little bit of credit because it was well a couple of things one it was directed by a woman Sophia yep. to Kata- uh, and then it was also written by two women Sophia to and April Wolf uh, and it was produced by Jason Blum so I'm just going to give the high level of the cast it was Imogene Poots who plays Riley the our lead heroine in the film she's our lead protagonist now side note if you have never seen her in the movie vivarium i think she was also in the the remake of frighteners yes um or no fright night Night. yeah fright
0: night sorry um
1: no i i totally was like frighteners no remake of fright night um she was good in that but if you've never seen the movie vivarium you need to see it it's freaking trippy it's so creepy it's it's
0: great it's
1: it's on amazon prime it's free it is downright freaking bizarre my neighbor told me about you gotta watch this i'm going what the it's it's pretty amazing i've seen it what (laughs) am i watching right now with like this weird child that has an adult's voice and just screams until they give it cereal (laughs) like this is like it it, yeah it's another reason why we don't have children (laughs) right reason reason 938 (laughs) <laughs> um it's so creepy but anyway so she's great in that but she's also our lead heroine riley uh, elise shannon who plays chris lily donahue who plays marty Brittany o'grady who plays jesse um so fun fact those are our lead sorority girls and director and writer sophia to call uh, intentionally left those names as being androgynous so that oh. they could have been male or female Oh, I like it. Yeah, she did that on purpose. Okay. Um, and then we also have Caleb Eberhart, who plays Landon, who I is uh, Riley's love interest, uh, and he's this wonderful little nerdy man. And then Carrie Ellis, who plays our primary villain, Professor Gelson.
0: So I, I like him as a villain.
1: I mean, like just in villain. general, like I, I like him
0: as a villain character. Yes.
1: Now so. I do have to give our it's our lovely Sophia to call credit we did While well, yes this takes place around christmas time and yes it happens to be a sorority house she did try to modernize the story yes and she did change yes yeah, changed killer. Up a little bit yes she did change things up and she tried to to evolve it a little bit didn't work for me but it was okay you know um, so when we start out, we are following a college co-ed named Lindsay, who is walking home and she is murdered by a trio of masked figures. And the rest of the college that she attends, Hawthorne College, is preparing for holiday break. We then meet Riley, who is a student at the MKE sorority, and she's struggling to move on from being raped on campus by <sighs> the DKO fraternity president, Brian Huntley. And nobody believes her. I really like that they put that
0: struggle in there.
1: Because there's I, so yes. many
0: women that go through that.
1: Yes. Yes. So I'm
0: really glad that was there.
1: Yes. I am glad that they tried to bring attention to sexual assaults, the rampant sexual assault on campus. That mm-hmm. is a total problem. Yeah. Um. So there is a holiday talent show and she and her sorority sisters end up performing a number that's to the tune of up on the housetop but it's all about um rape culture on campus and how this this boy raped her i liked the song it was yeah like up in the frat house click 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 yeah it's like what you were doing is really sick yeah i didn't know yep oh my gosh (laughs) it was perfect oh anyway it was terrible um but i appreciate that they did Bring attention to that. Yeah. So they they perform their number, and obviously everybody's there and sees it, including the boy who raped her. He is also there. So meanwhile, one of the her other sorority sisters has started to garner negative attention from one of the professors in their English lit class, um, Professor Gelson, played by Carrie Ellis, because Chris, the student, has circulated a petition. Uh, hoping that the university founder, who was Caleb Hawthorne, he was a notorious misogynist. They were hoping yeah. to remove his bust out of the main building and then also requesting that Professor Gelson be fired because he refused to teach books written by women. And she actually <laughs> calls him out hardcore because on their syllabus, there were no books written by women, nothing from people of color, no trans authors, no nothing. So I feel like
0: that happens a lot too.
1: Exactly. So like they really <laughs> tried to modernize the story to be like okay so this is this is real life yeah this is because i think i took I think I had to take one English class in college. I did. And that was it. And uh, same thing. Zero female authors. Yep. Zero people of color. Zero trans authors. Nothing. Um, if you happen to be a an English lit major or any sort of a, v- any verbal communications or liberal arts major, please let us know if there are more diverse offerings on your reading list because i would very much like to know as a science major i was i only took one english class because i was required to and there was nothing but
0: also for a book club too yeah yeah especially if there's anybody in that list that write um horror so
1: yes do it (laughs) um so anyway now we, so Professor Gelson's obviously pissed, and then Riley now meets Landon as well, who's taken a liking to her, especially after her performance calling out the frat boys. So the group arrives at the DKO fraternity. And catches Riley catches a glimpse of a really weird ritual with new pledges, and she notices that there's black goo coming out of the Caleb Hawthorne bust, which is really odd. So yeah. she then stumbles across one of her sorority sisters who is about to be assaulted by one of the frat boys, but she's she intervenes. Um they perform their number, and the girls leave feeling awesome, and then the Sorority sister who was nearly assaulted, named Helena, was abducted by the same type of cloaked um, attacker that attacked Lindsay. Um, so in the next day, all of these girls start receiving threatening uh, DMs or direct <laughs> messages. Uh,
0: sliding into them DMs,
1: sliding into the DMs <laughs> from a quote unquote Caleb Hawthorne account. Same thing that Lindsay had actually received the night she was murdered. Um, and then there is another sorority sister who's also killed by a mass assailant. And assuming that Helena has gone missing because she hadn't uh gone back to her parents home for the holidays riley then reached out to campus security who don't bother to help at all um and then she has an encounter with professor gelson outside the dko fraternity as well and she finds a list of all of the names of the mke girls on some papers that he drops um so then she goes back and Riley and Chris end up getting into an argument over the talent show video that's posted because at the very end there's a section where Chris turns to Riley and says you know now everybody's going to know that he raped you meaning obviously the boy that assaulted her and it had you know 50,000 viewers by the time she discovered this so she knew that it, she was going there was going to be some sort of retaliation so when this happens uh jesse goes up to the attic to get christmas lights because she doesn't want to be around her sorority sisters fighting and then she's murdered and her body's left up in the attic as a little nod to the og white or, white christmas oh my god black christmas <laughs> <laughs> two very different films yes <laughs> um and then as the girls are still fighting there's uh, an assailant who comes in another cloaked assailant who starts shooting at the girls with a bow and arrow and actually injures Marty so the girls lock themselves in a room but they realize their phones are downstairs so anyway this masked guy breaks in Marty ends up being um being murdered but she's able to buy her sisters enough time to hide before they end up dying so they overpower and attack the killer before removing his mask and they're a super alarmed to see that his face is covered in black goo and not blood so riley identifies that he's one of the dko pledges that she saw that night during the ritual so The two gals then bail out of the house and they try to leave, but there is actually another sorority house that's being broken into and another batch of sorority sisters that are being attacked. So Riley then decides, you know what, I'm going to go confront the DKO fraternity. I'm going to, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to end it now. And she encounters Landon and then asks him to help. So he goes in and, uh, they all of the DKO pledges come out and start messing with him, and they end up uh, recruiting him to be part of the fraternity. But we find out that he wasn't doing it willingly, so. They force him to be a pledge, and then Riley witnesses the, as she's captured, she witnesses the bust leaking black goo, and she finds Helena, the captured sorority sister that everyone thought was dead, and she finds out that Helena actually has been helping the DKO fraternity who, along with Gelson, and the frat and the professor are specifically punishing this list of women who quote-unquote step out of line. <sighs> which is you know so uh they end up murdering helena even though she was willing to help them out and turn in all of her sisters but we find out that through this black goo and a spell to help keep these unruly women in check uh this goo allows the spirit of hawthorne to possess all of the fraternity's pledges and sends them out to murder any of these women that they oh have deemed God. you know <laughs> so terrible yeah it's ridiculous so anyway uh brian forces tries to force riley about him but she ends up planning to attack him and at that same moment uh Chris, Chris and Lindsay's surviving sorority sisters Enter and fight the fraternity. Riley then overpowers and kills the boy that raped her. And then she smashes the bust, breaking the possession. Um, and then Chris ends up setting Professor Gelson on pirate fire. She just takes that big um, <laughs> oil lamp and throws it on him and breaks it like a Molotov cocktail. So great. Yeah. And then <laughs> they all escape, but they lock the frat house uh, or they lock the fraternity brothers inside and leave them to burn to death in the frat house. Um, yeah and that is the remake <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about the production and some fun facts so sofia to was actually the first female director to make a film with blumhouse oh which is sad that it's 2019 and that's the first female director wow, to make it the okay house. um but she had actually worked with jason blum on um the the into the dark series on hulu oh oh okay yeah Um, So that's how they initially connected. But she worked extensively to make this version. And you can definitely see it. She worked extensively to make this version as feminist as she could, um, because in her words, she wanted to make a movie where instead of feeling objectified or watched from a distance, the audience felt seen. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I I liked it. I mean, I just liked the the theme, the overall theme of it.
1: I liked the overall theme. I Here's where I disagree with her. So here's a couple of fun facts. Um, so while she said that she wanted them to feel seen, uh, there was a lot of backlash on the film and Sophia DeCalle as a director um, because it was viewed that she was placing more importance on her agenda than on the plot of the film. Which... Hmm okay okay i can kind of see because yeah. okay toward the end it just got to be too much
0: yeah it I, was I just can, too much yeah i can agree with that
1: yes um and then the other thing that kind of pissed me off is the christmas dance routine was meant to be a derogatory reference to mean girls and because sophia Takal considered that to be misogynistic and said that while the film pits other girls against each other this film was meant to reinforce their sisterhood now, here's the thing. One, Mean Girls was written by a woman. It was written by Tina Fey. Mm-hmm. Two, it was based on a book that was originally called Queen Bees and Wannabes. And three, I didn't view Mean Girls as pitting each other against each other. I felt like it showcased how young women and sometimes older women are often tr- or, or people in general treat each other yeah. and view each other as competition mm-hmm. instead of working collectively toward a common goal but i feel like mean girls actually did a really good job of bringing that to light and showing younger women yeah. how unacceptable this behavior is and so, that's
0: that's how i i view that yeah
1: so i i strongly disagree with her on that front um because i actually really enjoyed that film for a, a multitude of reasons so the sorority house cat that is in this film is named Claudette a reference to the original cat from Black Christmas in 74 that was called <laughs> that was named Claude
0: oh, that's funny
1: so this also kind of made me angry when i read it which is probably why i had a bigger problem with this movie <laughs> um so the cat was originally played by a male cat before the pet gender was swapped into a female cat. And they the male cat was returned to the animal shelter and then replaced <gasps> with a female one. I'm like, bitch, you do not take an animal back to the shelter. You give it to somebody on set. <gasps> there is somebody on this set that will want a cat. Do I'm not take it I'm like, do you see my mouth right now? I was like. I know. I was pissed. But like. Also,
0: (laughs) why would you put that information out there? Right? (laughs) Because that makes that makes you look so
1: bad. Yes. Um, Like real bad. (laughs) So in the in the film, the address of the sorority house is nineteen seventy four Elm Road, a reference to the year of the original Black Christmas film, and also to a Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, and then at one point and I actually until I got myself a taser and mace I actually used to do this all the time so you see a couple of times the girls use their key rings so you you take the Mm -hmm. ring in your hand I've always done that and then you put a key between each finger yep Um, my
0: grandmother taught me that one
1: yep I learned that in a girls self-defense class um So it's a a reference to a feminist talking point about how women resort to holding their keys in their hand as a weapon when they walk out alone at night. Um, And I used to do that frequently. But then I bought a thing of mace, like the the pepper gel, not the actual spray. Because if you're downwind, obviously, it's going to be a real bad day. But I got the gel also. And then I have a taser in my purse, too. Because, you know, you can never have too much protection. Exactly. So this, I thought, was a little, like... Okay. (laughs) So the black goo that the fraternity brothers bleed Mm -hmm. is meant to represent literal toxic masculinity. And how it affects men and changes them from humans into monsters. But
0: how were we supposed to know that? Because the whole time I was like, what the fuck is the black goo?
1: Well, okay. So also. I'm thinking
0: it's like just the blood of him or something. But like they never said that.
1: But also. Also they used it because they weren't allowed to show the red clutter blood and keep the pg-13 rating <laughs> like but it sounds cooler if you call it toxic
0: masculinity i mean i like it but i would uh, i just i guess i would have liked a like a like a little snippet
1: give me give me of something.
0: explanation of why it was doing like that.
1: listen i am not that deep I need you to help me if you're if it's going to be a metaphor for something else I need help like because you never see
0: them like it's like you never see it where it's like you know just the bust and then it comes out it's just already happening yes so it's like they never explain like okay how does this happen exactly why does this happen exactly
1: so you know what after I actually did my research on this film I was even more angry
0: (laughs) Like, did even less. I mean, if they would have said something like in well, I mean, not the whole not, I mean, maybe not about the whole toxic masculinity thing, but like just the fact that you know, like it's just his toxic blood or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I was just trying to anyway,
1: I know, continue. I know, same, same, same. <laughs> um, and then. The film actually ended up having a short and rushed production period. So it was completed in only five months. And that includes all pre production, production, and post production. And there were actually several scenes that were shot in just one take. Wow. Mm hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. And last but not least, Professor Gelson was actually inspired by Jordan. B. Peterson and it's meant to be an unflattering parody of him. And then also it was based on Brett Kavanaugh whose trial inspired the film. Okay. And no joke, when the when the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation hearing started, I got real triggered. Yeah. And I was not nice to anybody around me during that time. Um So sorry, friends. (laughs) Um, So reception, the film grossed 10.4 million in the U.S. and Canada and then 8.1 million throughout the rest of the globe for a worldwide total of 18.5. And so let's talk release times. This was actually released at the same time as Jumanji The Next Level, which I didn't see. No, I'm not planning on seeing it.
0: I'm not going to tell you to watch it, but no. I have seen it.
1: There's there's only one Jumanji <laughs> that matters, and it is the Robin Williams version. Yep. Um, and then also Richard Jewell, which I did see and was brilliant. Um, so it ended up actually making $1.4 million on its first day. Really? Yeah, I was shocked.
0: Yeah, I'm a, li- I'm a little surprised mm-hmm. as well.
1: Um, so let's talk about, about ratings. So Rotten Tomatoes currently holds an, an approval rating of 39%. <laughs> that sounds about sounds right. Sounds correct. I <laughs> don't disagree. Um, so it the main critics have s- consensus reads better than the 2006 remake, yet not as sharp as the original. This Black Christmas stabs at, unti- at timely feminist themes, but mostly hits on familiar pulp yeah that's a solid solid review
0: yeah i I can say i can agree with them on that
1: yeah i mean i i liked some of the modernization but you know it was actually pretty good up until we started getting into the you know caleb hawthorne black goo and possessing people and that that that's where it lost me that's really where it lost me
0: yeah, I was just like,
1: uh, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I I could do dumb without it. Yeah, agreed. Yep. Agreed on that. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I have to say my ratings probably the same. I agree. I, that's why I said I'm I'm very happy that I watched the original again mm-hmm. before watching this one.
1: Yes. Um I did not enjoy the remake. I would not watch it again. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it's on demand on
0: hbo right now that's how i watched it
1: yeah same um (laughs) oh we should probably say that too so for our listeners if you would like to watch the original 1974 black christmas you can watch it for free as part of your shutter subscription it's currently available there
0: but also i watched it for free on youtube
1: oh on youtube too
0: yeah oh there you go
1: um and then you can watch the remake, the 2019 film, on HBO Max as part of that subscription, which is what I did. Amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, use that shutter. They're getting some good stuff on there, by the way. Yeah, they just are. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, they are. <laughs> as they should. Yes. As they should be doing. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, definitely just because we didn't like it doesn't I mean you shouldn't watch it, but...
1: Yeah, it's worth a watch. I say
0: watch it. I mean... Especially because, you know, I'm sure people are running out of things to watch because <laughs> you know what I mean? We're, you know, in quarantine and
1: we're on month eight of quarantine. We're
0: we're binging uh, like everything. Yes.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> But you know what? After we record this, I'm going to go put up my black Christmas tree. Yeah. With why you a- gotta be black? Because it's my goth Christmas tree. Yeah, I know. You got to have a goth Christmas tree. It's the best. I have a pink one. Yes, you do.
0: Not goth i so put it's, goth things on it it's pastel goth yeah exactly
1: me because pal- your your friend that knows that you're a pastel goth <laughs> wanted you to have a pink tree
0: i like i like pretty glittery dark things
1: <laughs> you're like binks he's yes. so cute and fuzzy and little but he's such a little <laughs> terror he's, i am the knight oh I am-
0: yeah yay christmas yep
1: well that does it for (laughs) us today
0: yes please um you need to buy stocking stuffers for people go to our website check out our merch we got masks fanny packs shirts tank tops and Totes. totes dog hoodies
1: yes
0: lots of goodies
1: lots of goodies everybody needs some squad ghouls merch yes um, please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to us also wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on our Instagram account. Yes. Our handle is the squad ghouls. All of those things. And email us. We love to hear from you. Oh, yeah. The squad ghouls at gmail.com. Yeah. Or. Complete the little contact form on our website, (laughs) www.thesquadgoals.com. For real. We'll
0: scare you later. Goodbye. Bye.